Welcome to Game Notes, your Utah Jazz podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. That's Tony Jones. By the way, go to theathletic.com slash game notes. Tony, you can't afford not to subscribe. Can't afford not to subscribe. You can't afford not to hear the hot takes from Tony Jones and Zach. We just have it. We're we ready. We got it. Yeah, we're ready. And let me tell you this. Did some, uh, did some stock watching of the NBA bubble recently. Okay. And let me okay. tell you, those predictions so far have looked good. Your prediction game is trash. My prediction game is trash. Okay. And it's two-game sample that you and I both predicted. Uh, how many wins did the Jazz get? They got zero wins. Okay. So so we both, we, both didn't, we both didn't get any wins right. So it looks like we tied on that one. Oh. You know? So are you saying that both of our prediction games are trash? Oh, most definitely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you kidding okay. me? Well, I mean, mine during the regular season. Look, I'll, I'll ask you this. When I predict games for the Jazz in the regular season, I, I might be like 100%, 90%, something like that. This bubble thing, much like the predictions I did before the bubble restart, I'm not allowing anybody to hold these predictions against me. These are unprecedented times, Tony. Well, the economy, I, I will say the world this. health, it's all bad. I will say this. Your prediction game for that December road trip was epic. The December road trip was epic. And then there was that stretch where they had like In the 20, January road trip. Yeah, the 22 games or something like that. I was like, I don't know. They'll go like 18 and four or something like that. And they and went you like were 19 right. and three. Yeah. You were right. To be fair to myself, I had them going like 19 and three during that stretch too. We, we were both like, I don't know. I kind of think you said they might not win a game during those 20 games. I don't know. Who has the time to go back and look? We should focus on the present right now, Tony. Okay. We should focus on the present. And no matter how many lies are spewed on this podcast, we should focus on the present. Look, we don't. Look, that's not for us to that's not for us to judge, right? I throw out the accusation, it's on someone else to prove it. That's my whole rule. Okay? I don't have the time to prove my own accusations to be correct. That's not on me. It works for those in charge, so why shouldn't it work for you? Exactly. I'm just trying to become president, Tony. <laughs> or, you know, any elected official. We'll do that. <laughs> All right. Uh we've had three games since the last podcast, and those three games have not gone well. Thunder were Thunder just trounced the jazz. Lost by 16, it didn't feel that close. The Lakers outlasted them, 116-108. Didn't quite feel that close, but it wasn't exactly a blowout either for the most part. The Jazz hung with them. And then the Grizzly game, the Jazz finally made shots. So the Jazz were shooting 27% in the first three games of the bubble. And that was second worst in the NBA in this bubble. Now it's a small sample size, but the Jazz just couldn't hit shots. Against the Grizzlies, they made shots. What happened? Joe Ingles, Joe Ingles took shots, and we, we've we been asking Joe to take shots, and he was amazing. We've been asking Joe politely to take shots. Yeah. And I, I will say this. This is, this is my take after four games in the bubble. The Utah Jazz are not a contender currently. However, they're actually not that far away from contention. And here's what I have to back up the take, okay? Through four seeding games, the Utah Jazz, per 100 possessions – their starting lineup per 100 possessions is a plus 31 per 100 possessions through four seeding games. This means that they're fine. Their, their starting lineup is fine. They just have to fill out the rest of their, their roster. Now, some of this was mitigated over the season because of Bojan Bogdanovic, but then it's still they, they were still exposed at points. Now, all they really need to do, and I'm not going to say all they really need to do because chemistry – goes into it so you still have to make the right choices and the right signings but if they could figure out the rest of their bench 
you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, and figure out a bench that's consistently a net positive, this team could be in contention. Then how do they do that? Because like George Nyang is like he cannot shoot anymore. I don't know what happened to him, but like he's he's throwing up bricks. Like Moutier looks unplayable. Tony Bradley looks like he's regressed. Like what you know, Jordan Clarkson's having moments, but he's having good and bad moments. Like what what do they need? And is it just as simple as like play better? I will defend George Niang because I think he's a shooter and shooters just don't forget how to shoot. Obviously he's in a rough stretch. Obviously he's shooting like what like one percent right now. Like he's shooting like <laughs> he's shooting like ten percent ten percent right now. So right. obviously he's in a rough stretch and rough stretch is putting it mildly. However, he shot forty percent from three over fifty nine games. That is a large sample size. The man can shoot the basketball. So I will defend him. Emmanuel Moutier is not a fit with this current roster. I thought he was a, a a better fit with Boyan Bogdanovich on the floor because you could play most of his minutes with Bogdanovich. Now you're just playing all of his minutes with either Donovan Mitchell or Mike Conley, and you don't want the ball in his hands where either one of those guys are on the floor. So it doesn't make any sense to kind of have him on the floor. So, yes, I agree that Emmanuel Moutier is largely unplayable right now. Jordan Clarkson, I thought he was hurt by Bogdanovich because he had that moved him – to playing a lot of small forward and it's yeah. a lot yeah, harder. Yeah, he's playing out of position. It's weird. Right. And it's a lot harder scoring over 6'10 guys than 6'5 six, six, guys. So I will defend him a little bit. But Tony Bradley, is he's a third center. Like, he's an NBA player, but he's a third center. They need a second center. So they need somebody like Derek Favors or Aaron, Aaron Baines or Marcus Saul, somebody that they could bring in with their mid-level exception or another wing that can defend I think that, speaking of wings, that, that can defend and shoot threes, I think that Royce O'Neal's had a terrific bubble. Yeah, he's been really good. And Mike Conley's had a terrific bubble. And so has Donovan Mitchell and so has Rudy Gobert. Those four have all been really good. Obviously, Joe Ingles finally broke out of his slump. But the Jazz, to me, are just not that far away from contention. The problem is where most teams go nine deep. Right now, the Jazz are going seven deep. That can be fine to pare down for the playoffs, but they're paring down because they don't have anybody, right? right? Like that are that playable right now. It's still guys getting into shape. It's still guys getting used to playing basketball again. So it's not great to overreact to this stuff. But if you kind of just break it down, like when the Jazz have played two bad teams who are probably not going to be in the playoffs at this point, they've beat them. When they've played two good teams, they've gotten handled. And is that going to hold the other four games as they play the Spurs, the who they play? They play the Spurs, the, the Nuggets, Spurs, the, the Mavericks, Nuggets, the Spurs, the Mavericks, and the Spurs. Yeah. So they they have four good games left. Yeah, four good games left, especially with this way the Spurs are playing. Spurs are playing good basketball right, right now. Um, and and that's, but, that's the thing. Like you saw it against the Lakers. The Jazz starters were fine against the Lakers starters. But once the Lakers got into the Jazz bench – yeah, then it was – and then at that, you're playing catch-up as the starters, right? So you can't just go out there and play anymore. You're playing with more pressure right. on. Right. You know, now Oklahoma City, that was on everybody. That was on the starters. That was on the yeah, second Yeah, everyone game. was bad in that one. Yeah. Everybody o- OKC just, just completely right. outplayed them. Exactly. So, But, Tony, like, they don't have a lot of time to get this corrected. And so I guess it just depends on what you expect their playoff run to be. But if they're only good against the bad teams right now, and they struggle against the good teams, well, they're not going to play any bad teams in the playoffs. Well, what they did, um, Quinn Snyder went away. Uh, He made rotation changes in the second half. He went away from Emmanuel Moutier in the second half and went to Rajon Tucker. Now, 
After the game, we asked them about that change, and Quinn said it was a matchup thing. So let's see what happens against San Antonio on Friday morning, whether that's just a matchup thing or whether that's just Quinn Snyder saying, okay, I'm just going to go away from Emmanuel Moutier. But what Rajon Tucker gave the Jazz was he gave him a dash of energy. Uh, he gave him a, a dose of defense. He put the ball on the floor. Uh, found the cutting Tony Bradley for an assist, got to the basket, got to the line. What he didn't try to do was too much. He didn't try to do things that were outside of the scope of his capability. And that in and of itself uh, was a positive. You know, right now, what the Jazz need off the bench are guys that just don't hurt the team. If you're just a wash, that's fine, you know. Just don't go out there and cause them to go minus nine in two minutes. So it's something that, you know, obviously this is a team. You don't want to kind of single guys out. But, I mean, the Jazz have to find production off of their bench, and they have to figure out their second unit. I do agree with you that in the playoffs, you can shorten the rotation and you can lengthen minutes, uh, especially if more than one day in between. Yeah, and they're not traveling, uh, right? Like that's going to be no huge. Travel. Exactly. Yeah, that's going to be a huge adjustment. I guess this all comes back to what do you expect the Jazz to be in the playoffs, right? Like, I, they're not the contender, especially without Bogdanovich, they're not the contender many hoped they would be this year. And and contender was even strong, but it was kind of like, look, things go dark, right for this dark team. Dark horse contender. Yeah, if, horse it, contender. it was basically like, if they, it didn't have to be if everything went right, but if enough things went right for this team, you could see them in the conference finals challenging whoever that is. And as right. we saw in the finals last year, it just takes an injury. To completely change the series, right, right, right. and so and so, you know that it it kind of gets into a lot of what ifs, but it's not it's not that crazy. Now, I guess it's going to depend on who they play in the first round, but I don't feel good about them really even making the series that competitive just based on what they've done in this restart. Okay, so let's look at their opponents. They're probably not going to get the Clippers. Well, no, no, no. Actually, I, I, I don't think they're going to get the Clippers. Well, if the Clippers fall to three, I mean they're only a half a game up on Denver right now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> They're probably not going to get the Clippers. Well, let's let's assume that the Clippers get their act together enough to hold on to the team. Yeah, let's let's assume the Clippers like actually try, right? <laughs> okay, and actually so, put everybody out there. Right. So they're probably not going to get the Clippers, which means you're either going to get De- you're probably you're not going to get Dallas because uh it's Dallas is not going to get up to the 5 seed. Um so your 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 pool of teams right now you're getting either the Houston Rockets, the Oklahoma City Thunder, or the Denver Nuggets. Which one of those guys would you favor the Jazz in a series against? I was talking about this with Spence Checkets on the on radio yesterday. I guess like it's not crazy to think that Rudy can find ways to neutralize a lot of what Jokic does, right? Jokic is still garbage defensively. He's really, really bad defensively. and But he can make up for that and then some on offense because he's so ridiculously skilled on offense, but the Jazz can attack quite a bit. I guess I don't know what to expect out of the Denver backcourt yet. Like, Gary Harris, I don't know what the hell happened to him. Gary Harris, like, even if he gets back on the court, like, I don't know that I trust him to be good on either end of the floor at this point, right? Like, he's fallen off a cliff since getting paid. I trust him to be good defensively. I guess, yeah, I guess. I, I mean, after all this time off, I don't know, but you're right. Like, in normal circumstances, like, yeah, defensively, he, he can still go a little bit. Um... Jamal Murray, you know I love Jamal Murray because he's a gunner, but I don't know yeah. that that's great. <laughs> that's great for the Nuggets. Um, well, the problem with Jamal Murray is he doesn't defend anybody either. 
Right, exactly. And so, yeah, they, they've got a lot of holes there. They've been terrible defensively, but they can be elite offensively. And so I guess based on the fact that Harris, Jamal Murray, and Will Barton, not, I don't think either of them have played you know, since the restart. I'm sure they'll play at some point. I don't know what their status is. But if they're not up to 100% or even like 90%, 80%, whatever, whatever they are, if they're not like, you know, clicking, then I guess I give the Jazz a chance against Denver. I think OKC is going to destroy them at this point. The only hope is that Dennis Schroeder, if you're the Jazz, is that Dennis Schroeder misses enough time during the series, if not the whole series, because of the birth of his child. I would probably favor Oklahoma City. They're guards. Like, I, Tony, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's getting to six games. Oof. The way OKC's games? playing right now, like they're locked in. Now that not that doesn't is mean the Jazz hot, can't. Is it a hot take to ask? If Houston, a Houston series would be more beneficial to the Jazz than the OKC series? <sighs> Man, I mean, look, you can't take too much from one game, but the way Portland manhandled Houston in that one game, right? And so this is the problem with picking the Jazz in that series, is Portland was able to do it with three different big men, right? They had Nurkic, they had Collins, and they had Whiteside. And I, you know me, I'm not a Whiteside guy, but... All three of those guys played really well in that game by just being huge. And they were able to play two of those guys at the same time a lot. And then Melo's, you know, Melo's still a bully even though he's lost a bunch of weight. Uh, the Jazz don't have that. Like, the Jazz have that with Rudy. Rudy can do that. But they don't have a series of guys. It's not like you, you expect Tony Bradley to come in. They actually had it with Bogdanovich. Yeah, right, that, exactly. That was the that, dirty little secret with Bogdanovich. You could post him. Yeah, and he could just be, like, he's bigger than a lot of those guys. And so, like, look, he's not a great offensive rebounder by any means, but he could go get, he could go be a bully. If you said, hey, we need you a little closer to the basket once those shots go up, and don't worry, like, get back, but, like, we're just going to have you kind of hanging around. He's big enough to get some of those boards. Right. That's the thing that I keep coming back to. If Bogdanovich was healthy in there, I would feel so much different, but they're, they're missing that, that one guy for me to feel confident. But I can see what you're saying based on, like, is – is Houston a beneficial matchup at this point for the Jazz? Well, the Jazz are really small and they wouldn't have any they wouldn't have size worries against Houston. They would have size they have size worries against Oklahoma City, not so much on the interior, but on the wings. Darius Baisley and 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 Danilo Gallinari, both of those guys, they enveloped the Jazz last last yeah. Saturday. You know, yeah. those guys those guys really, you know, ate the Jazz up. And ironically, I thought that the Jazz handled uh, the Lakers' size better than they handled Oklahoma City's size. But it was different size because the Lakers' size was big size. The, the, the size was at the four and the five. Yeah. Oklahoma City size was wing size. Yeah. And it was Darius Baisley. It was Hamadou Diallo who who I, I didn't think he would turn into a great, uh, a really good NBA player, but he's a really good NBA player now. Yeah, I mean, well, the one thing with their wings is like Baisley, Diallo, Robertson, um, we throw Dort in there. Like, Yeah, those guys they're, are lengthy. They're lengthy, but they also, like, they don't do much, right? Like, they're good at what they do, but it's not like they're that versatile. I do think the Jazz could match up with them there. Yeah. But they can lock in defensively. Like, like if Robertson's healthy and they put Robertson on Donovan Mitchell for 20 minutes out of that game, that's a, I mean, that's going to be a huge problem for the Jazz. Well, that's the thing. They could put Robert, they could throw Robertson on Donovan Mitchell for 15 minutes. They could throw Dort on Donovan Mitchell for, yeah. for 20, 25 minutes. You could throw Hamadou Diallo on him for a couple of minutes. 
Yeah. Those guys are all Hell, you can lengthy. throw Chris Paul on them. Shea Gilgis right. Alexander. Like, those guys can defend. I mean, those guys are lengthy. They're athletic. They're smart. They're pesky. They're strong. Um, I mean, and it's just, and, you know, and, wave and you know what comes back to, Tony? It comes back to that's when you need, one, Rudy to completely outplay Steven Adams. And two, yes. Joe Ingles got to shoot the ball. Joe Ingles has to shoot the ball. And that's the thing. Steven Adams played Rudy to a draw. Yeah. So once Steven Adams played Rudy to a draw, the game was over. Yeah, Steven Adams isn't an all-NBA center, but he can match up well with all-NBA centers, if that makes yes. sense. Yes. But I, I will say this. The guys that you want taking shots, uh, and we forgot to mention Terrence Ferguson in this, even though yeah. he's kind of yeah, lost yeah. in that rotation. The guys that you want taking shots for Oklahoma City, uh, if you're the Jazz, uh, Dort, Hamadou Diallo, Darius Baisley, uh, even Roberson, those guys all made a ton of shots against the Jazz on Saturday. Yeah, I don't think that they would make that many shots against the Jazz in a seven-game series. And also, the Jazz need to need to hunt if they got into a series against Oklahoma City. They they would just need, I I would just have I would just not run an offense and basically just have Gallinari's man screen Donovan Mitchell or or Mike Conley. Uh, every single time up the floor, and just go at Gallinari every time, yeah. every minute he's on the floor. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think you're wrong there. Okay, so then Tony, you know, I think by the time, I don't know, maybe we'll record on Wednesday of next week, uh, because the next four games are Friday, Saturday, Monday, and Thursday, right? Yes. Um, or maybe we just record on Friday, Friday, and, and, Saturday, and wrap Monday, it all up. And Thursday. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, what do you expect out of this Spurs, Nuggets, Mavericks, Spurs stretch? To, to finish out the seeding games. It's a good stretch for the Jazz, right? Because, you know, I think that they really, you know, you, you're seeing uh, three matchups. Well, you're seeing three matchups with teams that can draw Rudy away from the basket. Yeah. Um, or four matchups because um, there's no LaMarcus Aldridge. So the way the Spurs are playing right now, uh, you know, they're going to go a ton with – you know, Rudy got the five, even though they're starting Yaka Pirtle. Yeah, he's only uh, playing even, like 15 to 20 minutes. Like Right, and even Drew Drew Eubanks can step out and make a three or two. Yeah. Um, but it's it's going to be uh, really interesting to see how the Jazz handle San Antonio because San Antonio has handled the Jazz twice this year, and neither of those games have been really competitive. Um, you're facing Denver on a back-to-back um, so that's going to be a real challenge. Uh, and and you're facing Dallas, who has, you know, the best offense in the league. So, you know, four real challenges for the Jazz. You know, you can easily see them if they don't play well. You can see them going on four. Right. The one thing I would say about this stretch, though, Tony, is these four games, these three teams, four games, all three garbage defensively. Right. Spurs can't defend anybody. They haven't done it all year. Nuggets have regressed so much since like December defensively. And the Mavericks have not defended at all during this restart. And they weren't great defensively before it. So right. like the, the opportunity to make shots, build confidence with the second unit is there. But also the pressure is there because if the second unit can't build confidence against these three defenses, I mean, that's going to be damning. I agree. And you can't not play the second unit. No, you got you got to do it. Um, all right, Tony. Our prediction game was not great last one. Let's do it again. Oh, I'm ready. Nah, out of I'm these ready. four out of these four games, what do you see the Jazz doing? Three and one, baby. 
Wow. Three and one. Wow. Wins a sweep over San Antonio and a win over the Dallas Mavericks, only losing a close one to Denver on Saturday as a result of the back-to-back. Oh, man. Oh, that's right. It's Uh, back-to-back. I'm going going all in. Now, I either have to go way the other way, because two and two is a cop-out. Two and two I I can't do. So I either got to go the other way or one-up you by saying 4-0. Listen, is it worse playing a back-to-back or is it worse playing your third game in four nights? Because it would be Denver's third game in four nights. That's true. That's true. And Dallas, But the Dallas game is the third game in four nights for, for the Jazz. But uh, the Dallas game is a back-to-back for Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. That's true, yeah. And all, all these are like midday games. Ah, screw it. 4-0, Tony. <laughs> 4-0. They blow out the Spurs. They squeak by the Nuggets. They blow out the Mavericks. They squeak by the Spurs in the final one as the Spurs are still fighting for that that uh, playing tournament. Now I don't know if I believe what I just said, but I had, but I said it. You're walking the plank, buddy. Um, <laughs> I'm running the plank right now. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm seeing how far off can I get from this plank before I I wily coyote this thing and fall back to the ocean. You are you are you are sprinting on the high wire. <laughs> I'm doing a handstand. On the on the on the high wire above two uh, above above the city between two buildings for no reason. You're saying just walk it. I'm saying nah. I'll do it on my hands. Okay, let's get to to some general NBA things for Jazz fans. Sure. Uh, rapid fire. Are you worried about the Los Angeles Lakers? No, no, no. They're not. Like I, they haven't hit shots yet, so I guess that's a little concerning. But they're gonna be fine. Uh, I agree with you. They're eventually gonna make shots. I think it's clear that LeBron is is coasting, uh, and and you know I think he realizes he can coast, so they don't have anything to play for. Are you worried about the Milwaukee Bucks? Um, not any more than I was before the restart. I also predicted they were going to lose in the second round to the Heat. I would be worried about the Bucks if they get the Heat. You know, every team say, "Oh, we're not scared of this team." This now, look, the Heat are actually not scared of the Bucks. Yeah, they're legitimate. They're legitimately like they're, not scared. They're, this isn't talk. Le- they, yeah. th- this isn't just, yeah, we're going to go in there. We pull our pants up the same way they do. Yeah. This is no, not that. No, this Tony, is, they, they, before the pandemic, before the before shutdown, the when, pandemic, when, yes. when they thought there was going to be home court advantage for Milwaukee, they wanted yes. this matchup. Yeah, now, maybe that, they're stupid, but they wanted this matchup. They feel good. And Tony, here's the thing about about why I don't like the Bucks against the Raptors or the Heat this year is a big thing with when when you have a big man now is playing that drop defense right on the pick and roll. Yes, uh, yes. big man drops basically allows the room for the the guy who gets screened to get around the screen, get back to the ball handler. You don't give up the lob, and you essentially say, "Come challenge our center." Right. Yes. Um, now that can open up a lot uh, on the perimeter, which it does against the Bucks. Now the Bucks try to give up open threes to bad shooters, but as we saw against the Raptors last year. Okay, hold Sometimes on, hold you can on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, but we have some breaking news. What's the breaking news? Uh, Mike Conley has right knee soreness. Oh, no. And he is out. Oh, no. Rudy Gobert is out for rest. Donovan Mitchell is out for a left peroneal strain. Royce O'Neal is out for right calf soreness. I would like to amend my 4-0 <laughs> prediction. I am, I am currently tweeting 
everybody out for the Utah Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> well, Greg Ostertag be making a season debut <laughs> in this game. Yeah, I mean everybody. I I'm gonna I'm gonna pull back on that four 0 prediction. Okay, <laughs> I'm now going to one and three. I'm going the other way. <laughs> okay, so let me send a follow up tweet. Yeah, go for it. Um, that is wow. Yeah, I mean, who's gonna play? It's just Emmanuel Moutier and the Pips. Like, what's happening here? Is uh is. Good gosh. I mean, I've always oh, wanted man. to see what it's like for Joe Ingles to have his own team. Well, I guess that's something. I mean, they're they're basically playing the kids. Yeah. Tucker time, baby. <laughs> that is Nigel William Goss is always is is also out as well. Oh. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> um any other general NBA questions? Yeah, basically my point about the Bucks, they gave up a lot of open threes. The Heat and the Raptors are really good at taking threes and making threes. That's why that's why even as good at the Bucks have had the best defense in the league this season, I think it's vulnerable in the playoffs. I agree with you. I still don't think they have a a, a secondary creator. I mean, obviously, you know, when I say that, you know, everybody's gonna say, Well, Chris Middleton. I'm talking about a secondary guy that can just go get buckets in the last five minutes of a game. Where it's where we're possession by possession. Yeah, I think Middleton's on the cusp of that. If he did it, I, it wouldn't shock me. But I do still think there are questions, mostly because I don't think they're going to run the offense through him. I think that means like Yana. It's going to be Giannis regardless, and and I don't think they're going to adjust. I will say this: I think Giannis has to be Superman, and I think he's going to have to hit some. I think for the the Bucks to win a championship. Giannis is going to have to hit some shots that he hasn't made to this point in his career. And I'm not talking about these are the two shots that he's basically made in his career. He's either dunked on people or he's made the pull up three, right? He's going to have to make some 15 foot turnarounds. He's going to have yeah. to make some Ka- Kawhi or LeBron type stuff. He's got to pull because, up from 14 to 16 feet and yeah, knock down that mid range jumper. Like because he just does. teams are going to take. The first, eventually, you're going to get to a level where teams are going to take the dunk away, yep. and they're going to take away the threes. All right, Tony, you want to mend that three-one prediction before? You know what? We don't have time. Tony sticks with the three-one prediction <laughs> for this coming week. I've gone to one and three. That's it for game notes. Thank you for subscribing. If you haven't done that, subscribe, leave a review, leave the five stars. You know that you know that we love that kind of love right here on game notes. Make sure you check out Tony's great coverage of the Jazz. Make sure you check out power rankings and the stock watch for me and all that good stuff. And uh, keep it locked in on the Athletic.